So we're episode 19. Episode 19. Yeah. And something that I realised, discovered, whatever, you know, in the just the timeliness of stuff, mm-hmm. between our last episode mm-hmm. and this episode, we've had a birthday. 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 Happy fucking birthday to happy, us. Happy birthday to us. Do we have One, is there cake? <laughs> Should have thought about cake. <laughs> yeah. Have a birthday, birthday and there's cake. no cake. <laughs> the fuck, man. Ah, so we've been doing this for a year. We've been doing this for a year. On and off. <laughs> Well, 19 episodes in a year, it's more than one a month. Absolutely. It's less, it's less than one a fortnight. But yeah. You know. you know what? If people want more, do it your damn self. That's right. Pay us. Yeah, pay yeah. us or, do, or make your own podcast. Yeah. Preferably pay us. Yes. You know. Yeah. But um, that's pretty awesome. It just, just flies by. It does. It does. And for such a momentous and heady occasion, mm. what better way to start the show than to bring us right the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, but LucasArts, no longer Disney selling LucasArts. Not really the news I was going for. Not what for. you were going for? No, oh, I, sorry. I, I, I have that in my news. Oh, so I've jumped the gun. We have. All right, okay, sorry. That sad news? What's going on? Ebert. Yeah, the famous Ebert. The famous Ebert died at, at the age of 70. Mm. They haven't revealed why, but it's assumed that it was it was cancer-related. Yeah. Yeah, well, he had, he had a fairly long-going battle with cancer, and, I mean, half his face was removed from yeah. cancer and whatnot. Yeah, it's a tragedy for the film for the film world. We, I think it's presumptuous in the extreme to, you know... So for, for we reviewers, it's a huge loss. I think it's presumptuous in the extreme for to, to put ourselves in that esteemed category. We will. But I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> and we often do. Presumption be damned. <laughs> What's he going to say about it? <laughs> oh, too soon? <laughs> yeah. But uh, for making what we've, in what we enjoy doing and mm. for what, you know, to, to be an inspiration to us, two big thumbs up. Yeah, two big thumbs up. I mean, well, obviously for those who don't know, Siskel and Ebert, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, uh, Siskel passed away quite a few years ago and then it just became Ebert, but they... They often reviewed news for the Chicago Sun Times. I think well, most recently was for was for Roger yeah. Ebert, um, and they of course they their rating system apart from the five stars or of or three stars, two stars, yeah. etc. was the thumbs up, you know, the two thumbs up, one thumb up, thumbs down, etc. Yeah. And so, and in fact, it's so ensconced in in pop culture, uh, Bloodhound Gang, just like Cisco and I'm like Ebert, and you're getting two thumbs up was yeah. one of their songs. I mean, it is a pretty. Yeah, so yes, those of you who went, oh fuck, it's that Ebert. Yes, it's that Ebert. Yeah. So yeah, um, turn the podcast off for like a minute to minute pay of respect, si- min- minute of silence, and then come back. Yeah. And then you're back. <laughs> <laughs> Tough squeak. <laughs> That's a tragedy. It really is a tragedy, but you know, not unexpected. No. But uh, I think there's a. Um, I posted an obit from the New York Times on the ACOP Facebook page. Which, which, so, was, which so, was, yeah, and yeah. That, that says everything that, you know... That so we were... jump online, check it out. Yeah. But anyway, life goes on. For, For some. some. Change my picture. Smack my bitch up. I said, change my picture. So did you have Lucas 
as one of your I didn't news? actually I didn't I assumed you would but so I did the right thing with my news I tried to go for a bit obscure because mm-hmm. um, you tend to be a bit more mainstream than I <laughs> oh. uh, no wow. but, yeah let's face it you know you, you probably would have collected the news over <laughs> you have a tendency to collect news as it happens mm-hmm. I have a tendency to collect news retrospectively so half an hour before we decided you <laughs> look the exact timings are unnecessary <laughs> people don't need to know what goes on behind the curtain yeah. but yes basically so I try to think of things that you may have missed so please by all means so but we'll start off we'll start off with that LucasArts mm-hmm. the video game wing of Lucasfilm mm-hmm. that obviously is part of Disney now that Disney has bought the, yep. the lock, stock, and barrel of, of all things Lucas. They have shut the doors. Mm. They have decided that Star Wars games and games for any of the, the licenses of that are Lucas are now going to be able to be able to be licensed by other yep. other games makers. I actually don't hate that. No, I think for a long time Lucas Arts didn't didn't have the ability to. Fulfill the promise of what they wanted Absolutely. to do. Well, let's let's call a spade a spade. The games were shit. Yeah, with 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 a very few notable exceptions, yeah. the games were shit. Yeah, and yeah, never lived up to it. So I I applaud the decision. Yeah, I think and there's some a couple of game sites have have put up you know the sort of games that they would like to see other people do, yeah. and if half of that comes out, that'd be that'd be great. The one that's probably a bit hard. Did you see any of the the previews for Star Wars thirteen thirteen? No, I didn't. That was a the one of the big games that they were working on when they mm. they shut the doors. It was looking badass. Okay. It was looking awesome. That's um, not to say it's not going to. Yeah, it, it might get so. picked up by someone, but yep. yeah, I, I think this is a good decision. Absolutely. Let's, lets them focus on what they need to do. Yeah. Well, let, I mean, let's face it. Disney has not emerged as the most powerful company on the earth, really without knowing what the fuck it's doing. Mm. And if they th- they think this is the right thing, I mean, yeah, I think trust in Disney. Mm. I think, yeah. But I, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good move. And it gives, and as we said, it gives other other game studios yeah. the chance to get in there and, and show, okay, well, look, this is how it's done. I mean... Yeah. Um, like, can you make a, a Jedi game done by the guys that did the Arkham Asylum, Arkham yep. City? Imagine... A Jedi game? Could you, like, could, oh. you, could you just imagine something as simple as... Well, any of the... Actually, I'm, I'm a really, really bad game reviewer insofar as I, I stay right off the mainstream. But some of the really top, top-notch flight simulator games that are yeah. out there... A good oh, X-wing like an X-Wing type, no. yeah. I mean, a lot of people like that X-Wing game on the PC. Anyway, it never yeah. seems to transpose <clears throat> or transfer. So I'm assuming we're going to go one for one. Yeah. I've got a quick one here. Uh, Wesley Snipes... <laughs> Always Bet on Black uh, was released from federal prison on April 2nd. However, he's confined to his home uh, on July 19th and hopefully out of the fucking movie studios for a lot longer than that. But Expendables 3. Well, it's he's got to be. be. It's, it's got to be now. Well, he's going to need... I mean, who, uh, for those who don't know, he went to, ta- um, went to federal prison for tax evasion, then went on a bit of a rant and called every Hollywood agent a pimp and a, and a, and a ho-monger. But yeah, he's going to need some money, and Expendables is a bankable franchise. As much as I didn't really enjoy number two, as much as I enjoyed number one, I will line up to go and see mm. number three. So, yeah, it's a good, it's it's a bankable franchise. And um, he's got some, he's got some chops. He could, he, this could be he, like a second half resurgence if for he, him. If you look at early Wesley, yeah, if he gets past himself, mm. he's got some chops. If he forget, if he stops for a second and realizes, no, you're not actually Blade. You're not actually a fucking daywalker. You dickhead. Yes. And go back to, was he? Well, he was in Do the Right Thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do do something with 
you know, with Spike Lee. Yeah. Or if you want to be in a good movie, do something with Tarantino. <laughs> but yeah, don't jump straight yeah. into Blade Four. No one wants that. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. They do. Mm. That's that is actually one of the biggest issues that I have in 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 just in any genre whatsoever, whether it's music, whether it's fucking literature, or whether it's film or TV. They have. People want it, so they go, well, let's just give you more and more and more of it. And then people start believing themselves. So look at Justin Bieber. People started believing in him. And then look what and you've, you just brought this shit on yourself, people. That's what you did. Look at, look at the rod you have created for yes. your own back. <laughs> and now, you know, we all told you he was a little dickbag, and now he's finally showing his true colours. <laughs> Don't know where that came from. <laughs> a little unresolved Bieber hate there. <laughs> Some casting news. Yes. I can't remember if you mentioned it last week or if I heard it somewhere else, but some casting news for Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, so Bobby Bobby Redford, I yes. that, mentioned that last yep. week, yeah. A bad guy mm-hmm. in that film, starring as Batroc the Leaper, is UFC star George St. Pierre. Oh, now see, GSP is my favourite UFC fighter. He's a lot of people's favourite, yeah. particularly of the lady persuasion. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, but I, I, I respect him phenomenally as a martial mm. artist. He's just he epitomises everything that a martial artist should be, and he's a he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's that good looking though. Do, I don't, uh, I don't, maybe I don't know. maybe the bitches. It's the French thing. I think it's the French. I mean, I think if he was Mexican. <laughs> and I don't want to disparage our south of the border brothers, <laughs> but. If it was Jorge Saint Pierre, yeah, exactly. Jorge San... Santo Piero, Santo Piero, Santo Piedro. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get our racial slurs right. Yeah, Jorge... I don't think it. Jorge, Jorge Santo Piedro, <laughs> love it. Anyway, so yeah, I don't think he'd have the appeal, but no. maybe it's that. Oh, but b- uh... Bitches love the French. They <laughs> don't. Bitches love bitches. I mean French bitches. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's. But yeah, yeah G- that's G- awesome. Yeah, uh, non-speaking part, I assume. I don't know. Really? Um, I mean, I'm not a Captain America reader. I don't know who Batroc the Leaper is. I don't know. I imagine he's a guy that jumps about a lot. And assuming Batroc. Is well, a... you, you think he's French. Uh-huh. So do Cap- does, is Captain America just going to go up against nationality bad guys? <laughs> well, I mean, originally, as we all know, he was created to beat the shit out of Hitler. Yeah. I'm, I am not a Captain America fan by any stretch of the imagination. I loved him or that character in the Avengers and that was it yeah so uh, fuck it man I'll go I mean I'll go and see it I'll give respect to the fact that they you know I always want the uh, I want these superhero movies to succeed but at the same time I want them to be good so yeah I'm giving if I'm giving you my money don't fuck it up yeah but uh, that's interesting that's interesting um, so, so so superhero movies your, your theory with superhero movies is the same as with prostitutes <laughs> <laughs> giving you my money don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Yeah. I want to enjoy the next two hours. Absolutely. Two hours? Man, how much money do you think I make? I, d- I just think you go to cheap hookers. I get a $20 holler, my friend. <laughs> so this is my little favourite tidbit for the week that I thought was lovely. Everyone's favourite Franco-Russian drunk, Gerard <laughs> Depardieu, uh, has pulled a Lindsay Lohan and has been too busy filming a movie about Dominique Strauss-Kahn of all fucking people to turn up to court to face a drunk driving charge. And this is the second time he's failed to show up. But the... I mean, yeah, we're not... We don't usually do gossip, but this... The reason I really like this, this is from his lawyer. He wanted to be present, but he couldn't. He really regrets it. 
So apparently he's in New York, um, and he runs the risk of being fined um, four thousand five hundred euro, and but possibly jailed up to two years and given penalty points, which is an interesting legal thing they've got over there where you can accrue very much like demerit points. You can accrue. What if you get enough, you go to jail? Yeah, or you can you can risk a fine of, of some other sort of description. So anyway, he really wanted to be present, but he couldn't. But he, <laughs> but he, he really regrets it. <laughs> wow. Now I've faced the judiciary on a couple of occasions, and <laughs> man, I wish I, I'd, I'd just love to see the, the look on a judge's face when, yeah. when the lawyer reads that out. You know, he wanted to be here. But he couldn't. But he couldn't. He's, he's sorry. He's sorry. Oh, he's sorry. Yeah. He's sorry as shit. No disrespect to the courts, mind you. <laughs> Except for the immense disrespect to the courts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Danny Boyle, mm-hmm. famed director of, what, train spotting, 120, 127 hours? No. Yes. Yes? Slumdog. And Slumdog Millionaire has begun work on the train spotting sequel. Mm. Now this, I'm told, the, the reason this is, I think, newsworthy yeah. is... Well, it's train spotting. It, a, it's train spotting. There was a sequel book written by, yeah. uh, by Irving Welsh, Porno, mm-hmm. which one of the main, it was, I believe, focused largely on, um, I, I want to say Bigby. Okay. Uh, Robert Carlyle's... Bigby, yeah. Bigby. I didn't read it. But this sequel is not that book. Okay. This is a, an entirely new story. Mm-hmm. There's been no word if the original cast will be returning. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's. It'd be interesting to see them, what, 30, 20 years on? It's something like 20 that. 20 years yeah. on? Oh, should they be all back for it? I mean, yeah. you know, let's face it. Well, neither, none of them are huge enough that they. Well, Ewan McGregor's pretty, yeah. pretty massive. Well, hmm. I've, I seen, mean... I've seen the pillow book. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be pretty cool. I'm actually just trying to drag up very, very quickly, and you stopped talking just before I did it, which was the new movie of from Danny Boyle that's coming out shortly. It's called Trance, mm. and it's an Inception-esque style thing with James McAvoy and uh, Vincent Cassell, who I wrongly said was in The Crow 2 City of Angels, and it was actually Vincent Perez. And the only reason I'm saying that is because it just came to me right then as soon as I said it. So there you go. But uh, yeah, apparently it's a bit of a head fuck. And it looked, the trailer looks cool. He had to. He was in an interview with John Stewart, and he said we actually had to have a, a like a map on the wall for the actors to come out and say and, and look at it and go, okay, this is where you are in the story for them to understand what they were doing. So I'm really looking forward to that release. There's no release date yet that I'm aware of. Um, except right here where it says 5th of April 2013. So so besides that, apart it's, it's, from an, that it's undone. Yeah, I didn't know about it. No. That's all right. Anyway, on my my second last yes. piece of news is just a real quick one. You know, I seem to be like obsessed with how much money things make. And I'm, I'm not really, but I, I appear to be. Seinfeld, since, since leaving our screens in 1998, in DVD sales and syndication, or possibly just syndication alone, in fact, I think it's just syndication alone, $3.1 billion. 1998, it left the screen. $3.1 billion. And who... <clears throat> who gets that? Or well, presumably... Uh, Jerry, you'd get a fucking chunk well, of it. Well, yeah, and I assume they all get a percentage. Or well, maybe they don't get a percentage, but... Jerry would have to get Jerry and Larry David 
mm. would have to be sitting pretty bloody high on that. Or conversely, maybe it was the deal done with Castle Rock that they got a massive payout and Castle Rock Entertainment, which means Rob Reiner. Castle Rock's his, so... Anyway, I'd love to know who got it. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to back myself. Yeah, it is just syndication dollars. Yeah. That's... That's huge that's fucking ridiculous. money. That's ridiculous. Anyway, so be it. Man, so. That's the only reason I'm doing this. The yeah. only reason we're doing this podcast... When it goes into syndication. When it goes into syndication, <laughs> we can get the fat Seinfeld money. Because I want 18 Porsches. Yeah. Oh, mate. Could you imagine getting that residual? I mean, and obviously not they're going to get it in one hit, but you sit back, one day your accountant rings but up. But over the last 15 years, mm. yeah, even, mm. if, even if it's $100 million, yep. even if it's, you know, 3% of that fucking thing, mm. that's, wow. that's an arse load of cash. That's yep. a Kardashian arse load of cash. <laughs> that's a big ass, <laughs> big ass load of cash. Speaking of big ass loads of cash yep. G.I. Joe Retaliation yes has done well enough in its yep. opening 132 million dollars domestic mm. to get them to move ahead with the sequel yep now I haven't seen this one yet yet I, I mean, I'll be honest I'm going to see it uh, for sure because you know it's got the rock it's got the rock <laughs> that's it <laughs> it's got it because it's got the rock rock is going to fuck people up in a movie gotta watch yeah. it yeah haven't seen the first one yeah. probably won't yeah I, I, I doubt I'm going to need to have seen the first one to follow the story of the second. Well, I have heard that the the G.I. Joe 2 is so good, it makes you forget they made the first one. Really? That's what I've heard. No. So I wouldn't even bother with the first movie. Yeah. So the, a sequel to that is... Uh, so it's, it's finally ahead. out, because they, yes. would, they would keep going backwards and forwards. I mean, people who are a long-time listener will, will be able to go This was going to be out before Christmas. Yeah. this was. I believe this was on my list this time last year yeah. for the films that I'm looking forward to this year. I think so, because they had to go back and reshoot a bit more with Channing Tatum. They'd like more Channing Tatum at some point, mm. anyway. So and if there's more Adrian Palicki, I'm fine with that too. Yeah, goodness me. Yeah, I do like me some... Uh, some uh, Tyra. Tyra, thanks. I was about to say well, Lila. Well, Lila. No, Lila Gary. Lila, hey, you're, Mink, you're Lila. Minka, Carrie, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Minka, Minka Kelly, yes, but I mean, at the end of the... In a pinch. <laughs> And what a pinch that would be. <laughs> if I'm in a position where I've got to choose, yeah. then I've done something incredibly right yeah. in my life. Bless me. <laughs> Bless me. Anyway. One more sequel that was released, that was announced this week, Finding Dory. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 finally. My Pixar love is, is, is well documented. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finding Nemo, I think, was one of their, one of their best. Mm. Dory, in particular, was a, a fantastic character. And, yeah, this... I'm looking forward to this. I'm hoping they don't fuck it up. I'm hoping it doesn't become Lion King 2, Simba's Pride or yeah. some shit like that. But, you know, look, I'm hopeful. They're clever enough, but... Mm. Uh, but then some... these are the people that also made Cars 2. Yeah, some some movies... And Cars 1, let's face it. Yeah, I didn't like Cars at all. What um, what were they gun makers? What are they? What are the things they're making recently? They're coming out with well, there's Monsters University. That's it, the new Monsters Inc. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm, well, yeah, Monsters Universe. So I'm kind of hoping that will be pretty good too. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so but, I mean, they've proven it with Toy Story that they can make good sequels. Yeah. So well, Toy Story actually was was going to get an ignoble mention, well, not an ignoble, a, a slight mention in my review as as a sequels, but um, yeah, yeah, no, it's not bad.
Okay, so you and I d- discussed this offline quite, or have discussed it offline um, quite a few times. The Kickstarter program. It's a great program. Those I'm not going to go into it, but I will. It's kind of like a, a where you basically put up an idea and say, "Hey, this is my idea. Fund it, and uh, through donations and along the way, we'll give you shit." Basically, like so, if it's funding a book, you might get a signed copy. You might get this, that, the other ones. Some of the really big fundings are things like you can get a character named after you in the book. You can meet with the author. You can have dinner. Um, Michael Dawn from Star Trek fame recently wanted to get a movie made. Threw it up on Kickstarter, and the top prize, the top backing, was dinner with Michael Dawn, where you could discuss with him anything that you wished. And his only caveat to that was if you wanted to talk about a particular Star Trek episode. Could you let him know which one it was? He's going to go and watch it, so he'll be able to talk to a, a little bit more about it with authority. A TV show I could give a rat's fuck about, Veronica Mars, has done this, and they asked for $2 million, and so far, with a week to go, they've raised $4.5 million. Um, and the $10,000 pledge for that one, of which there was only one, was a speaking part as a waiter in the movie where you're only allowed to say your check, sir, and if you fuck that up, they've, they've got the right to cut it out. The reason I mention it is I actually think this is just a phenomenally good idea and has given an avenue, and Kevin Smith has talked about it, has given an avenue for young filmmakers to look to this and realise that if they can get people on, like the people on board, the people out there, we, the Mm. public, will help. We will, because we will want to get these movies made. And things are getting made. Jump on the Kickstarter page and see projects already funded and it will blow your fucking mind the things that have been made and you'll go holy shit I've bought a couple of things Kickstarter is my new eBay mm. I re- literally have to stop myself because I'll go I'll pledge $30 here I'll pledge 60 but then suddenly I go holy fuck look at my bill comes in at the end of the month you're at the, you're at the end of the 30 days <clears throat> please don't make it please don't make it a little bit there's a couple of times I've gone oh fuck I've pledged you know so, and in, a lot of independent gamers are doing it, like trying to get their role-playing games up off the ground, which I'm a, ma- a massive supporter of that community. And so I just think it's... and But I think the fact is the fans have spoken and this is an opportunity. I mean, they've raised double the money for this Veronica Mars movie. A lot of wheeling and dealing went on behind. Kristen Bell obviously still needs to pay her rent because I don't think she's been in it. Or Kirsten Bell hasn't been in anything spectacular recently. So I'm sure she wants to... And apparently, again, I'm not a fan of the show at all, but apparently it uh, it, it got cancelled before they were able to wrap up some loose ends. So this is what they were going to do. So we've got Arrested Development coming out. We've got these sorts of concepts where Netflix picked up Arrested Development. We've got situations that exist now where, where this this could be... And the next step for the next, say, five, ten years, this could be the next step in filmmaking. Yeah, it, it, it is. And it's a, <clears throat> it is a horribly overused wankery phrase mm. it is a paradigm shift in the way things are things are done absolutely because we're in such a connected world mm. now a lot of you know, content creators through twitter through facebook they have a, a real connection and an outreach yep. to their to their fans there's an investment there that's that's unbelievable yeah and people can be a part mm. of, of this Amanda Palmer, yep. she did a, a, a Kickstarter to raise $100,000 or something or mm. some amount of money for her album, and she raised over a million bucks. Yeah. And it, and it gives, gives the fans, as, you, as exactly what you're saying, it gives the fans a really visceral, 
way to be involved with their favourite artist's work. Yeah. Uh, that's, and gives them a, a minor sense of ownership. Yeah. Like, and that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. For you can stand up and say, I was a part of it. Yeah. Sure, I gave 20 bucks to this thing. Exactly. But I helped make this. Yeah. And it's... What, say, I'm all for anything yep. that encourages... A, encourages content creation. Yes. Um, as, as as you and I, on a, on a low scale, we're content yep. creators. Fund the arts. Um, if... Have a look. I'll put a link to it on the, on the Facebook page. Uh-huh. Patton Oswalt at, I think, last year's Montreal Just for Laugh festival mm. did a did the keynote yes there yep gives a fantastic basically you read out two letters one to studios mm-hmm. and one to content creators and just saying exactly this how things change how the creation of art is changing mm. i'm for anything that a gets new ideas made so we're not stuck with the same trite studio drivel yep. that's being churned out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still pay to see it, but... We'll, but we'll, still, we'll still get it. This, we, we will still this get, won't stop it. Yeah, but. but it gives a way for stuff that we wouldn't see mm. otherwise, stuff that would just get lost or wouldn't even get made. It gets It's a chance for that stuff to get yep. up off the ground and, you know, one of these things is going to be a sleeper. Yep. It's going to just... Absolutely. It's going to explode. And, yeah, I mean, the, the, the next five years... Mm. Yeah. Kickstarter is is yep. going to be just I'm, bigger I'm, and better than than anything we 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 could possibly imagine. Yeah, this aspect of it, absolutely. I mean, I uh, Kevin Smith, uh, the, the Podfather, all hail his name. He spoke about this at length, where he actually actually had sort of thought about Kickstarter prior to Kickstarter, which is oh well, well I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's, there's no reason for him to bullshit. I mean, no. he, he doesn't seem to big note himself, but it it does seem a bit. He's missed the ball. He's dropped the ball on a couple of occasions, and I think he self he's self admitted yeah. that he should have done what he thinks. He's probably a bit of a soft cock in that regard. Yeah. But absolutely, Red State. Anything he would do from now on, if he was to promise another movie like Red State or an, even another, I mean, I'll probably, I probably to be honest, I probably wouldn't promote Clerks Three because yeah. I think they should never made two. But something, something new, and just said, "Look here, like all you, all you, you'll get the your fucking name at the bottom of the credits list ripped up." I'd still do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's there. It's a, it's a great opportunity. So I just thought, of, and yeah. I thought it'd be worth mentioning. Yeah. I think that's really good. So into the reviews. Yes. New film review, although I say that in in that it's new to us. Mm. Harakiri, Death of a Samurai, is a 2011 Japanese film from director... And I apologise in advance for my inevitable mispronunciation of Japanese names. Would you like to hear what it is? Takahashi Miike. Yep. It's Takashi Miike. Takashi... Yep. Oh, there's no H in there. Takashi Miike that has just seen very limited release... Mm. In Australia, starring Ibizo Ichikawa, Aita, Hikari Mitsushima, and Koji Yakusho. Set in the 17th century, a ronin, a masterless samurai, Hanshiro Tsukumo, played by Ichikawa, enters the noble house of E, asking permission to perform seppuku or ritual suicide. 
Um, just a, a side note, harakiri is considered the more vulgar term of the phrase and literally translates to belly cutting. The head of the house, Keiju Saito, believes that this is not a true request and is instead a suicide bluff, a low act, an honourless act, where a ronin claims the intent to commit the act but instead leans on the generosity and goodwill of the house to receive a handout of money. Saito proceeds to tell Tsukumo about another ronin that came to their house asking for permission to kill himself. The story is then told in flashback, with the story of the young ronin, Motome, played by Aita, and his suicide request, and then a second flashback story as told by Tsukumo. To go into any more detail would really spoil the beauty of this, of this, of the plot, so I'll I'll leave it there. This is a magnificently shot film. The beauty of Japan, both natural and man-made, shines through in every frame. This was the first Japanese film to be shot in 3D, and 3D was the only option that we had that we were given to watch it in the cinema. I think this is a is a bit of a shame, because while the the subtlety of the 3D did add something to the to the beauty of it. The dimness that that three D adds or, or takes away, I think, did rob the film of of some of its beauty. David Stratton had said much the the same oh, thing yeah, that yeah. while it was beautiful, <clears throat> it was not necessary. Mm. And yeah, just that that added darkness didn't do it any mm. favors in some of the in some of the interior scenes. But that being said, every frame of this film is is beautiful. Also exceptional, the performances in this film, especially that of Ibizo Ichikawa. His Tsukumo brought a nobility and gravitas to his scenes that was undeniable. Also I thought very good were the young samurai of House E, whose arrogance and anger at the disrespect shown towards their house felt very authentic. This film raises some, some pretty big questions about the nature of honour in Japanese society. As Westerners, even as Westerners who appreciate and admire Japanese and samurai culture, we can never know what it's like to have Bushido, to have samurai, to have honour as that intrinsic a part of our, of our society and the makeup of our culture. I'd love to talk to an older Japanese person, to a, to like a, a legitimate Japanese person that... I know horrible. what you mean, well, but um, we know what you mean. Yeah, someone who lived. Yeah, a, a Japanese at least through World War Two. Yeah, to get a, a feeling for how those questions that are raised about why things are done and about honor, mm. how that resonated in a in in that society. I've been trying to think of something that would be comparable to us. All that could be done is if someone made a film, maybe saying that we were dicks at Gallipoli. Our the Anzac spirit the anzac legend that's as close as australia has as a young country mm. as something that's sacrosanct mm. to us but you know a country that's thousands of years old it's and to have something that ingrained questioned that's i think that'd be an interesting mm. interesting conversation to have this is a, a as this is a really wonderful film captivating from the very start it's very hard to tear your eyes away from the screen even during one incredibly uncomfortable, brutally raw scene about about halfway through, but I thought this film was was magnificent. Uh, I'm giving it four stars. 
I um, I had seen the original because my and, and and those who do know me know my love of Japanese cinema is especially Japanese uh, samurai genre, uh, Chen Bera flicks, Chopsaki flicks, if you will, which is a complete lie because Chopsaki flicks are what the Americans call Chinese flicks. Knows no bounds. This this movie is firmly ensconced in my wheelhouse as oh they made they remade Harakiri. I have to go and see it, and pretty much it's a I wouldn't say it's a shot for shot remake by any stretch of the imagination. I first in fact I'll, I'll digress. I first came across Takashi Miike in uh, 1999's Audition, which is an extraordinarily uncomfortable movie to watch. It's a Japanese horror thriller movie in only the way that. You know, Germans do shit flick porn. Japanese do horror like no other, and it's it's torture porn in the worst, most uncomfortable way you could watch it. And so I wasn't over, but but it was still a good good film insofar it was it was very well shot and the pacing was great. But it was a very uncomfortable film, which of course led me to Ichi the Killer. And the only reason I wanted to watch Ichi the Killer is not because of Takashi Miike, but it was because someone told me it was banned. So subsequently, I had to watch it. <laughs> And another extraordinarily uncomfortable film. But when I heard that the director of Audition and some other things and Ichi the Killer made a movie called 13 Assassins about the Jidoko period, the British Japanese war-like period, I had to watch it. Now, for those of you who haven't seen 13 Assassins, it's a long film, but it is a brilliant film. And in only the way that the samurai genre can be told. This is a spectacular film, but we're not reviewing that. We're reviewing Harakiri. There is something almost spiritual about Japan when you put it on film. And there's, there's no other way to describe it. The land, and I've, I've spoken to many people who have gone, and even the hustle and bustle of Tokyo, take, a, take the bullet train and slip down to Kyoto, and, and you'll see some of the most amazing architecture, some of the most, most some serene land you could possibly imagine. And... and the, the 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 mountains the, the the oceans everything about Japan apparently as a place which I have not set foot on yet reeks spirituality but I think it's the cleanliness of the lines in J Japanese film and the Japanese dedication to perfection to them there must be it must be a right angle it must be this so when they're filming this movie every single shot is perfectly framed the samurai are immaculately shot and they're beautifully still which is a very, very, those of the, who just out of curiosity who want to try and find it out, the martial artists out there among you will probably find this a bit of an easier task. Drop down on your knees, sitting on your hands, uh, sitting on your feet, excuse me, back up nice and straight, and don't fucking move for two minutes. That's all I ask. Don't move for two minutes. And it is nigh on impossible. It takes a tremendous amount of concentration and tremendous amount of skill, yet and I'm drawn to that when I'm watching it. I can't help but look in the background. I am the person that looks when someone has a death scene to see their chest moving. I do look for those details. These extras, whatnot, clearly martial artists because or yoga practitioners or Buddhist or Shinto monks of, of some description. There, there, were, there's a physical discipline. There was a yeah. stillness that it was just... And in fact, if you want to go to a more mainstream movie, The Last Samurai, there's a scene when Tom Cruise is fighting... Um, his name escapes me right now, which is a bit embarrassing. But they're fighting in the rain, and it comes to the, the, the final sort of, like, bout, if you will. And Ed Zwick flips 
between everybody and they're just completely still, even though rain is dripping off their face and it's, it flicks into their eyes and it just, they know it's not going to go into their eye because it's coming off their eyebrows. So they don't even blink. It's, there's just an amazing stillness to this, this quality of film. I've digressed and, and waxed bullshit about it. As a film itself, Harakiri is, yeah, as you mentioned, is the more vulgar, but it's the more, it's vulgar in the sense that it's the more European Western understanding of it. And it's, it really comes down to the fact that seppuku and harakiri are written exactly the same way, but can be pronounced differently. Seppuku is the, the traditional Japanese way of pronouncing the, the characters. Harakiri is how you would pronounce it from the Chinese perspective. But it does involve that rather gruesome task of sticking a sword in your belly, dragging it down, then across, and then up. And you're supposed to do this without making... You, you can't do it without making a sound, but you're not allowed to scream in pain. The moment you scream in pain, your second is supposed to take your head and step and he'll be standing beside you with his raised sword. It's important to know what that ritual is before you, or as you understand this film, as you understand what these men are supposedly asking their Lord and how this will, this will gain their honour. And you are 100% right. Westerners just cannot fathom, truly fathom, what that means unless you spend your entire life in Japan studying the Bushido way. And even then, probably not, or I shouldn't say Bushido way, the studying Bushido it's it's just it's in it's it's impossible to believe that sticking a yard of or half yard of steel through your gut is an honorable way to die but so be it the performances are spectacular i i really probably don't have anything more to add to it other than i was disappointed in the pacing i felt it dragged there's there there's setting a scene and then there's setting a scene, and then there's what he did. And I think he dragged the story. The first story had a... If those of you who are thinking this is an action film, you will be bitterly disappointed. Whereas the first film had a little bit more action in it. And as such, I was looking forward to how he was going to film it. And that the, the two different emotions we will see... There is a fight scene in it. I won't tell you where it is. But there are two different emotions being displayed. The first film is definitely Vengeance whereas the second film is more of a resignation. I think it's actually worth watching both if you're interested in that cinema. I, I can't give it any more than three stars simply because the pacing was just all off for me and it was just too slow. I was I like, get to the fucking point. Like I, 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 and maybe that's just because I knew what was, what was going on mm. or I don't know, but I just thought the pacing was very off on this film. But a beautifully, beautifully shot film. The sort of film you walk out going fuck, that's a pretty place. But yes, three stars for me. All I can hope, my, my biggest hope for this film, is that Keanu Reeves sees it and says, you know what? I don't think we should do 47. <laughs> Too late. Yeah. So. Look, I... Uh, we, you go back to Cloud Atlas, or we can go back to Cloud yeah. Atlas. The the uh, Jim Sturgis, the Asia... The yellow face, as they're calling it. The Asiafication of this person and if they do that with Keanu that's just gonna it's I don't understand how it's not a slap in the face I just don't understand it I can handle I could handle him being in there as a half because he has got um, Asian descent mm. he's he's Hawaiian he's I think his mother or father one of them is is his father's Hawaiian and his mother's Japanese or something like that he has yeah. got Asian blood in him but he needs to be a half breed 
if, if, and no, I don't mean that to be rude, but that's who's his character needs uh, to be. Anything else is is a, yeah. is a disrespect. It is. It, yeah, it is. It's a complete disrespect. It's it's blackface. It is. Otherwise, well, yes, yellowface. <laughs> yellowface, um, but yeah, yeah, exactly right. So anyway, but no, it's a it's a it's a great film. It's visually a beaut- It's a visually arresting film, mm. and if that isn't one of the more wanky things I've ever said, I I'm just not sure what wasn't. That's pretty. It's pretty good though. Yeah, you like it? No, it arresting. Visually arresting. Visually arresting. <laughs> so in, in continuing with our masterpiece review collection, Theatre of the Mind. I have <clears throat> nothing to back that up. Godfather Part Two, The Godfather Part Two, Mario Puzo's Godfather Part Two, or any iteration therefore of obviously we did the Godfather last week. Should surprise nobody, this was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Written by Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola, not a, an adaptation of a of the book, but it is still, I think I still believe they called it. Uh, no, it was best original screenplay, starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, and the list goes on. So to begin, I will say this: this is the first sequel to win an Oscar for best picture, and technically the only one to ever win an Oscar for best picture because the other one in this category is Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and that's really the end of a trilogy. Mm. And because neither of the first two won Best Picture, this really isn't a league of its own. So that's... I, I, I just think that's worth saying something right off the bat. This movie was nominated for an 11 Academy Awards. This netted Coppola's first one for Best Director and for Screenplay, Bobby De Niro's first Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, and Pacino was nominated but lost to Art Carney for Harry and Tonto, or as Pacino still calls it, that fucking movie about a fucking cat. The movie tells two stories, an origin story, if you will, about Vito Corleone, played by De Niro, and the continuation of the first film with Michael Corleone, Pacino, keeping the business going in the late 50s. A flashback to well before the first Godfather movie shows a young Vito Andaloni, later named Corleone, who is orphaned in a matter of days as his entire family is wiped out by the local mafia chieftain. He flees to America and arrives as an immigrant to New York, changing his last name to that of his hometown Corleone, or rather, a clerical error, changes his last name to Corleone, and he starts his life again in New York, all alone. We see him develop into the powerful Don with whom we are familiar in the original movie. We watch this character arc, with De Niro filling the giant shoes of Brando admirably, we see Vito's compassion and willingness to help people. We see his, his turn from fearful to confident. And then we see him become the man we truly know from the first film, a man to be feared and respected. Pacino's Don Michael, a man already consumed by power and greed, who continues to push for more and more, letting nothing get in his way, including, rather ironically and tragically, his family. We hear Don Vito's ghost telling Michael throughout the film how important family really is, which is echoed and probably put there simply because audiences may not have noticed it, Michael's questioning of his mother in a very, very touching scene after the intermission. About now I should mention that there is actually an intermission in this film. It's three hours long and it's, it's heavy going, but so be it. You, it. I think the pacing is not an issue, so, but I'll get to that in a moment. There are many moments in this film which we could talk about, many, many moments in this film, but for me, the one that seals it is the infamous kiss of death, Don Michael, to his brother Fredo. I knew it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. And again, sadly, that scene is one of the ones that are most parodied. 
There's such a tragedy in this relationship that is never really revealed until the final moments where we see that Fredo was the only one of the family who truly supported Michael's decision to join the Marines. There is, within this movie, and perhaps the first as well, a relatability to us all. Their struggles, fears, hopes, loves, desires, and their errors and ways they try and try not to fix them are all intimately relatable. And that is this movie's greatest strength. It's how, they, how the first film got it right, it's how Goodfellas got it right, and it's of course how The Sopranos got it right. This movie achieves that which very few other sequels have achieved, a true continuation of a story and a finely crafted film which could easily stand on its own as an independent from the first. For me, it's a close, very close shave, but I think the towering presence of Brando makes The Godfather the better of the two films. However, this still remains as a masterpiece in filmmaking. Margaret. <laughs> as mentioned last, last episode when we talked about The Godfather, mm -hmm. I hadn't <clears throat> seen part two. I remember the beginning of it. I'd seen the beginning of it a number of times, but mm -hmm. I never got, for whatever reason, I'd never seen it. I think for this, it's a, it is a sequel, mm -hmm. but I think the fact that it's not... The, the way it's titled... The Godfather Part 2 mm. really is quite telling because it's a continuation. It is. It, it, it's a sequel in the literal sense because it, it comes mm -hmm. after, but this is a continuation of, of the epic. And I think in that context, it works. The reason this is such an amazingly good movie mm. is because of that. You're, you're entirely right. As a standalone movie, it's fantastic, but... It's as taken as part of a whole. It's it's even well, it's, more. It's, it's richer. It's mm. infinitely richer. It yeah. is everything that you can say about the first film. You can say about this. Mm -hmm. Coppola's direction, the screenwriting from from Coppola and Puzo, the performances that we've that we've seen before, with the exception of Pacino, and I'm going to talk about mm -hmm. Pacino in a minute. Not saying that it's bad but it's a completely different performance mm. than the first. But a lot of the other performances, Robert Duvall is the same yep. as he is in the other film, which is not to say that he's bad, but it's, again, it's a continuation. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not something new. It's, it's, it's really like they, they broke for lunch and came back. Yeah. yeah. yeah they and, just and that's the best thing you can say yep. about if you've come back two years later mm -hmm. and you've captured the same lightning in a, if you've yep. got the perfect storm that these guys had in the first one, mm -hmm. to be able to recapture that as viscerally as they have mm -hmm. is just is just stunning. The two halves of this film, mm -hmm. the two stories, I liked. I really really liked the De Niro, sorry, the Young Vito. It's a three hour film. I would have been happy with more yep. of the. Not to say I wanted any less of the other film. Yeah, but yeah, I. I think you could have done a, a a whole movie as a almost as a prequel with De Niro. I, but but again, the way it's been done is just so the the parallels yeah. throughout it, the the where it's cut where it changes stories is is stunning. Yeah, De Niro is is astounding in mm. one of his one of his earliest starring roles. I think the only other lead role he had, had was was also in in 1974's Mean Streets. Mm -hmm. But again, showing showing the greatness that he would that he mm. would later achieve much as Pacino did mm -hmm. in part one Pacino's performance performance in this film is is just astounding the continuation of, of his descent into a cold calculating mob boss 
is is the tragedy of this film. Mm. Um, and you mentioned it when the in the coda at the end with with Fredo. That's that is just a tragic tale. It is. It is. I mean, Fredo is comic relief in the mm. film up until that point. Yep. And then you look back on it and think, you're a cunt. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he's not redeemable at he, all. He's, he's, he's not. And losing that from the first film, mm. it just yeah it, it, it just shows what Pacino, what Pacino can do. Again, this is a long movie, and I mm. think there was a couple of things that either I'd missed or didn't pick mm. up. Wasn't, the, for me, the, the hearing sort of came out of nowhere. Oh, okay, yeah. The hearings, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I might have missed when they were mentioned, but then all of a sudden he's back from Cuba and yeah. he's in these hearings. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I think this is a great film. Again, probably not as good as, as part one. One thing that I thought was better in some ways about this film, and, and you mentioned it, the only parodied scene in this is The Kiss of Death. Yeah. This film is largely fresh. It hasn't been parodied. It's yeah. not in the in the zeitgeist in the same way yeah. that a lot of the Godfather is and I think it it's more enjoyable in some respects yeah. because of that yeah well basically basically smuggling Vito out in the donkey mm. and the kiss of the, you know you're afraid I knew it was you are probably the only two yeah you know this is a great film not quite as great as part one when mm. taken as individual films but I think taking them as individual films is a mistake and a disservice yes I think taken as part of a more epic whole, this film is... Well, you can see astounding. why... Why when I mean, I mentioned in the first one, quite often The Godfather is The Godfather 1 and 2, and mm. I do often watch them right after one another. I almost invariably fall asleep at some point and wake up, but I have seen it so many times mm. I can sort of go, oh, that's right, I missed this bit. Or conversely, I'll take a break and finish it off in the morning while I have watched breakfast or something along the lines. It, it's hard going watching the whole lot in one big hit. Well, it's six hours of fucking... But, yeah. It's I, still... I have to change discs. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My copy, it's please insert disc two. What? The fuck? <laughs> yeah, I remember I was watching it with my wife and she, she said, did that just say intermission? And it's like, yeah, I mean, Gone with the Wind was one of her favourite movies. Mm. Probably still is. And yeah, I mean that's that comes up with an intermission on it and then keeps going and it's like yeah, you know this is this is a pretty long fucking movie, two hundred yeah. odd minutes. But uh, yeah, look, there's there's there, I mean we don't disagree. It's a spectacularly good movie and it, it really it falls down with. I did a, a very quick search that said uh, like greatest movie sequels of all time. And it's the reason I mentioned Toy Story two because Toy Story two was mentioned in there. Yeah. Aliens, Judgment Day, Terminator two, Judgment mm -hmm. Day, and Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. So that's in pretty good company. Yeah. Or rather, they are in pretty good company. Yes. To be lauded as as good a sequel... To, to be lauded as saying, you did in this sequel what Coppola did with The Godfather Part 2, you know. Because sequels, as a rule, let's face it, sequels are shit. The Dark Knight's the most recent, mm -hmm. a, a recent addition to that list. Um, that was actually a note down the bottom. By the way, I saw The Dark Knight, and it de definitely deserves to be on this list, and I don't disagree. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Whereas Batman Returns, however, whilst I did like it, no, no. So, um, film that I actually watched last night. I know we talked about reviewing it, didn't quite get to it. I don't know if you you saw it. Was Silver Linings Playbook? Oh yeah, eventually okay, saw have you it. Seen yeah, it yet? yeah. Who fucking knew Bradley Cooper could act? Who fucking knew? Well, who fucking knew Jackie Weaver could throw it up against yeah. Bobby De Niro and not? And how flinch? good was it to see Bobby De Niro? Yep. in something good. But yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we've seen, have you seen Limitless? No. Bradley Cooper throws it up against Bobby De Niro in that one too. Yeah, that's a pretty good movie. Yeah. I like it. But yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is a She's 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 going to be a superstar. She's she's something special. She's she's fantastic. She's yeah. everything. She's she's the whole package. Yeah. But I was a really little, fucking good film. I was a little concerned with that film being that Bradley Cooper's in his mid to late 30s and Jennifer yeah. Lawrence is like 22 that yeah. I couldn't but see she, it. But, but she yeah. was 20s in yeah, the film. Yeah, I could see, like, I could see, she made me believe it. She made me believe, she makes me believe she's older than her. Whereas you watch her in The Hunger Games, and I absolutely believe she's a yeah, teenager. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, she's. No, she's, a, and Winter's Bone is actually on my list of, of semi shame. Yes, yeah, it, it's on my list of things that I need to. But uh, I've got it ready. I need to, watch, to see. So. Well, there's a bunch of bunch of things coming soon. Yep. Um, obviously, in this month mm-hmm. uh, we have Iron Man three. Yes. Which is uh, which is coming out later in the month. Yep. April's actually going to be fairly busy. Yeah. I think in a uh, from a film from a film sense, there's the Evil Dead mm-hmm. remake, which yep. I'll probably go and see in the daytime. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see that at night. And I'll, I'll admit. Drag, admit to that. Drag your couch into the cinema and hide behind it and watch it through a mirror. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, or as it as it's known, woodying. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but that's if not out now, it's out soon. Obviously, GI Joe. Yep. Um, has come out and we'll I will go and see that most uh, most definitely. Uh, May is Iron Man three uh, with Star Trek Into Darkness as well. Well, we bought tickets for Iron Man three on Anzac Day. Well then, I'll just shut the fuck up. Because apparently so, this is wrong. So unless, unless we're unless I've been fucked. Unless they're about to, <laughs> unless you're about to get one of those emails that are just awful. I got an excellent email the other day. Yep. Your Amazon order has shipped. Yep. I bought the box. The... I bought the Tesseract box. Oh, you did? Did you? I okay. Couldn't couldn't help it. Yep. Got released. I had to. Uh, oh, so did I. Had I to mean, three. Yeah. I had to. I, we get it like a week before. Same as the Avengers. We got the Avengers beforehand. Yeah. So I think we get Iron Man a bit before. Hopefully they won't tack on a scene to the American release that we didn't get, like we did with Avengers. Yeah. But That was the shawarma scene, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Fast and Furious 6 is coming up later this year. Yeah, which, um... could give half a fuck about that, yep. I'll be honest with you. <sighs> but, you know. And, you know what? The Rock can't even say that for me. <laughs> I, I, am, I am proud to say, when I die... Yep. There'll be very few things written on my tombstone. Never saw an episode of My Kitchen Rules. Uh-huh. Never watched a Fast and Furious movie. Oh. Well, and then that, then I owe it to you to set up a big screen over your tombstone that just shows a non-stop Fast and Furious marathon. That's what, that's you know what? what I owe, it to, I owe it to you. I'm the kind of guy that'd do that. Yeah. <laughs> World War Z is coming up shortly, but all, uh, Great Gatsby is coming out in May, which... Really? Is it, is it that soon? Yeah. Trance is actually out this Thursday. Excellent. So Trance is, Trance is out. Uh-huh. Um, that's probably one of the things that I think we'll, we'll probably go and see soon. I think Trance is probably 
worthy of a review. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll try and do trance. Yep. It won't take much. As soon as I say it's like Inception, I, I know my wife will just go, well, and just jump online and buy tickets straight yeah. away before I even get that chum out. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing because no. I fucking loved Inception. Yeah, that's on my list of things I've got to rewatch. I haven't oh, seen. I, I haven't seen it since it was out at the cinema. I thought for a second that you hadn't watched. Oh, no, I. There's a list of shame and there's things that you know. Then they're, they're separate. You should be <laughs> downright fucking disgusted in yourself. Uh, well, t- you remember I watched Inception. That was on that rather hurried trip back from Sydney. We grabbed. Now, why was that? Did I miss a plane, or did the plane get cancelled? I think I think we were running late, and the plane was cancelled. Plane and, was cancelled. Yeah, yeah, so we just grabbed a car and yeah. drifted on down. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry, because I drink. I said, oh, yeah. just drop me at the cinema. Yeah, 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 and I was dead tired, yeah. and I still made it all the way through Inception without yeah. missing a beat. It should be a good couple of months for mm. us and for reviews. Yep. So, um, if I can, if I if I get to make it, it will be after the fact now because obviously this won't be up in time. Mm. Jaws is at Dendi tomorrow oh, as part okay. of their cult classics. Yep. I just so, bought that on Blu-ray, yeah. actually, yeah, because it's one of my favourite yeah. movies. Holds up-ish. Yeah. The old shark effects. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit... It is a bit sort of... In today's day and age, it's a bit sad when you do see the shark's rubber tooth bend against... But uh, it's a 30-year-old yeah. movie. So. yeah, yeah. Oh look! Don't get me wrong. I still love watching the original Star Wars that I have a copy of, where it wasn't. It's you can still see the lines of the Tie Fighter, the, the string of mm. the Tie Fighter. Like I'm, you know, that's there's a magic to it, but yes. it, it doesn't terrify like it used no. to. Where it does terrify is all the bits where it's supposed to, and that's when you don't see mm. the shark. And yeah. it's just an ominous reminder. Yeah. I um, I watched it with my my eldest two, and the youngest being eight at the time, which so didn't really qualify me as father of the year because then the week later we went to a beach holiday at Kayama <laughs> she didn't want to go into the water at all and uh, to this day if I walk past her and go dun, 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 I will find her tapping me on the shoulder at about half past two in the morning telling me she's scared well, you know, job well done I, I help, a healthy fear of the ocean <laughs> Well, it's something that helps an Australian survive. We did, we did get out of the ocean. We, 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 we got out. We shouldn't necessarily be looking to go back in. There yeah. are things in that water that do not want yeah, us in. There, there's a reason we slithered up onto the beach yeah. in the first place. Yeah, we are not wanted yeah. in the ocean. And in Australia in particular, we're not wanted anywhere, yeah. really, to be honest. But so that's us for another week. That is. So episode 19. 19. A year down. In the bag. In the bag. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention last week uh-huh. is that we're now available on Stitcher... Yes. Internet radio. I've actually been enjoying the shit out of Stitcher. Okay. Um, finding lots of new podcasts. And the great thing is, it, it just streams. You don't have to download it. Okay. Which can sometimes be tough if you're on 3G, some podcasts, like, yeah, like yeah. downloading. But yeah, you can just stream it. Yep. It's it's wonderful. But yeah, search for us there. Cool. Also, I realized last week, we didn't tell people how to get in contact with us. I must admit, when I re-listened, because I do love the sound of my own voice... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you want to, if you want to chat to us on Twitter, yep. it's ACOP Woody, ACOP Nate. If you'd like to check us out on Facebook, it's ACOP Podcast because they don't like the word pricks on on uh, on, Facebook. on the Facebook. Um, Fuckers. Email yep. for anything that you'd love to say. How good you guys are. Fuck, you know, when are you guys coming to my town? Here's a truck full of cash to promote my product. Yep. 
pricks at a couple of pricks.com. And of course, if you don't like what we say, then we have a special complaint line, which is I have actually had an inquiry about this whether this is legit. This is a legitimate email address. It's go fuck yourself at a couple of pricks.com. So, so for, for another week, uh, I've been Woody. I'm Nate. And, and we're, we're a couple of pricks. Fuck, man. Do, 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 do. Can't end every episode with that song, but we should.